Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your lovely feedback. Uh, thank you to those of you who listen uh, to every episode. It's very heartwarming, very encouraging, um, because in a certain sense, you never know, right? In this format, you're not in front of a live audience, um, and you never know whether what you're putting out uh, is of any use to anyone. So I appreciate all your comments and feedback. And uh, it's uh, really good that some of you take time to also give, give feedback and say that you're looking forward to my episodes. And uh, if any one of you is listening for the first time, uh, my name is Inga. I have a website called Healing Radiance. You can look it up, uh, healing-radiance.com. I'm an Akashic Record reader and an intuitive energy healer or spiritual healer, if you like. So today I actually wanted to speak about intuitive development and the four clairs. So clairvoyance, um, uh, clairaudience, clairsentience and claircognizance. And I think it's actually very important to put it out there because there is a lot of confusion when it comes to intuitive development. Um, for example, there are some uh, psychics or readers or teachers of intuitive development who are clairvoyant, so they will talk about seeing, say, oh, I see a person's aura, or I see something in your future, I see something in your past, and so someone who would study with them or just want to do the same thing that they do would expect then that they have to be seeing things. And of course, they close their eyes, let's say, and they're not seeing anything. And uh, they're not seeing anything for a year and for two years. And so they think, okay, well, then psychic development is not for me, right? Because I'm not seeing anything. Um, and even the term seeing can be very confusing because sometimes we expect that this is how it's going to happen, right? I'm going to close my eyes and I'll just start seeing a movie. Well, that's not really how most clairvoyants actually see things. It's seeing with the mind's eye. It's not having a real picture flash through, you know, in front in front of them. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about those clairs, those senses beyond the physical, and maybe help you identify the one that is the strongest for you, because that is the most common question I get asked outside of the, you know, the more out there Akashic Records information, such as my galactic origins, meaning my client's galactic origins, or, you know, um, soul contracts between them and significant others, or life lessons, lessons they have to learn, etc. But the kind of the most common life uh, path and spiritual development question would be, well, what is my strongest psychic gift? Because they don't know. So maybe I can help you shed some light on this in this podcast. And of course, uh, 
if if you're confused you're always welcome to connect with me when uh, when you connect for a session you can always ask that as well so the four clairs um your intuitive gifts there are some others but the most common would be these four so let's start then with clairvoyance i'm sure you heard the word clairvoyant right so someone who sees things um, who sees beyond what the physical eye sees all of us um have a psychic ability. I think I mentioned it in uh, one of my previous podcasts, at least one, that we are born with intuitive gifts. Um, they come forward um, in times of tension very often. That's how we are made. That's how our bodies function. Um, I uh, sometimes said maybe 10 years ago that in a war everyone is a psychic. Um, in times of tension, in times of survival, there is no time to think, no time to rationalize, no time to, you know, uh, put out hypotheses and, and write down a list of 20 ways I can achieve my goal. It's yes or no, it's survival. So we rely very often in times of crisis, we rely on our intuitive senses. We have to know. And often the difference between death, you know, between survival and death would be in how attuned you are to the psychic sense, whether you feel you need to take this turn or another one, go right or left, Right, leave the house or stay inside, go out today or stay indoors. Um, these are survival mechanisms, um, and they even say that you know, high, we talk about highly sensitive people, but they even say that there are also highly sensitive animals. Um, so research has shown that approximately 20% of um, the human population is highly sensitive, not just empathic, but sensitive to all um, information, uh, all impulses, all, um, you know, sounds, uh, impressions, etc. But there's been research saying that also 20% of animals are also sensitive. So, for example, some animals will... Uh, find um, where water is, find new uh, water sources uh, intuitively, and they will lead then the rest of the herd. So it's also considered to be a survival mechanism. So in every population, whether human or animal, there would be some who are more psychic than others, let's say, who are more attuned with those senses. And for survival, uh, then they have to rely on it, right? And some would rely on it more heavily than others, and then others uh, would listen or not listen. So these come as an inborn ability, as a capacity to read those 
extrasensory clues um, for survival um, on the very basic level, uh, for solving life's problems, etc. So you could say it's also a gift that comes uh, you know, with uh, we don't really know why some animals are more psychic than others. With humans, we can say, okay, so they are sensitive souls, so they had more incarnations than others. But you can also argue uh, and say, well, I don't believe that, right? It's just that they are born like this uh, because some are more psychic than others. But of course, also with humans, we can train those skills, we can train our perception. I believe that all of us are born with at least one prominent intuitive gift. Uh, maybe for some it is stronger than for others. Maybe it is triggered by uh, danger, either growing up in an abusive household uh, or during the time of war and crisis. Um, or it was just always there, that channel was always open. Um, so all of these uh, factors, I think I also had a podcast in, in relation to, you know, trauma and uh, being a highly sensitive person, so that um, empathy, overactive empathy, um, is said to... Um, you know, be triggered by, for example, traumatic upbringing. So growing up uh, in abusive, whether it's, you know, emotionally abusive or physically abusive household, um, it creates the state of hypervigilance and learning to read the uh, nonverbal cues trying to survive in this way. So in... Uh, non-sheltered, non-urban environment of survival, and let's face it, humanity has had to survive very harsh conditions for thousands of years. We haven't always lived a very comfortable life, at least most, most of humanity hasn't, and most of humanity still doesn't live very comfortable lives. Um, psychic and intuitive gifts were a form of survival. Um, not entertainment, but uh, you had to rely on this information uh, to feel into, right, which decisions uh, to, to make. And of course, if you live in a city, if you work in an office from nine to five, uh, if you have a salary and you manage to uh, have savings and you get to pay your bills and someone helps you and the government will pay for your vacation, well, what do you need psychic gifts for? So for many people, these gifts are somewhere there, somewhere dormant until something strikes, right? Until they need to face an issue, make a decision until they're faced with something that is beyond uh, logic, beyond reason, beyond anything they've ever learned. And that's when the search for their soul starts, so when uh, the search for intuition, reconnection with that inborn ability to read beyond the surface, to go uh, into intuitive field uh, to reconnect with their intuition. That's where, that's when it starts. So whatever brought you this far, whatever brought you to uh, look 
into your intuitive gifts and try to reconnect with them, um, you are just reconnecting with your heritage, with your, with who you are, with what you are born to do, um, with your um, birthright. Because intuition is a birthright, regardless whether you are more intuitive or less than uh, than others. But uh, chances are, if you are listening to this, uh, you are intuitive, and you are just wanting to tune it <laughs> to find that gift that is strongest for you. Well, back to clairvoyance then. So. How to know if your strongest intuitive gift is clairvoyance and then to develop it? Well, I would look for clues um, such as you can visualize easily. For example, if, uh, you know, people tell you, well, visualize um, being on the beach, right? And it's like, it, it just appears before you. Yes, I'm on a beach, there is, you know, blue sea and blue sky and palm trees. You have vivid dreams, and they're bright and in color. Um, you are clairvoyant if you can easily visualize solutions to problems. Like, for example, okay, the... I don't know, let's say uh, you have an issue you need to resolve at work. Uh, can be anything, uh, a text that you need to write. You can't find a headline for the article. You close your eyes and you see the headline. Right? It doesn't come to you uh, through your mind, through thinking, through brainstorming, but you close your eyes and you see a solution to the problem, you see a headline, you see uh, which uh, table they need to sit at, for example, or uh, how the finished dish should look like, or what color the kitchen is going to be, right? If you can't decide with your mind, uh, well, which handles should I choose for, for my kitchen, you just close your eyes and you see. And obviously with this capacity then, um, you might have already chosen a profession such as graphic designer or fashion designer, right, or a painter, um, illustrator, interior designer, um, etc. So something where you need to visualize a profession which already requires this visual uh, ability to visualize, ability to see the solution to a problem as an image, um, have some sort of geometrical picture in your head. Um, clairvoyant people uh, would sometimes naturally see auras around others, um, just see auras uh, or colors or uh, lights like in the corner of your vision. If you focus, no. But if you take your focus off of something, so you're looking to the left, but to the right, 
outside of the main focus of your vision, you see a color or you see something, a shadow moving or something like this. Um, that is another sign of clairvoyance. Um, and usually um, that's, that's the general <laughs> rule. If you are confused or, or you don't know the solution to a problem, you need to take the focus away. That's, uh, there is something about our uh, human concentration that too much focus takes away the intuitive solution to the problem. So if you staring at somebody trying to see their aura, you know, try looking in the other direction, see that maybe uh, it pops up automatically in the uh, corner of your vision, you know, on the periphery of your vision. Um, so naturally clairvoyant people, they don't have a problem visualizing. Um, sometimes it's really closing the eyes and, and seeing things, like in a dream. It's not the same as seeing a thing with your physical eye because the eye is closed, but it's like having a dream. So it's in the mind's eye and the mind tells you the colors and the images and the shapes. Um, so if it is easy for you, then you are naturally clairvoyant. But if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, then most likely you aren't because it doesn't sound familiar to you. The problem is uh, that, um, especially I think in the psychic and in the intuitive field, there are many clairvoyants and we have a tendency to naturally assume that, well, I am, you know, everybody is like me. If I'm clairvoyant, then everyone else is clairvoyant. So I can just tell them, well, see, uh, you know, visualize uh, yourself on the beach. But maybe the other person is not clairvoyant at all and they don't know how to visualize themselves on the beach. So it's good... Um, even if you work with hyp hypnosis or, you know, trying to have those guided meditation, it's good to add some other uh, cues there. For example, say, well, sense, see, feel, or imagine yourself being on the beach. Imagine that there is a blue sky above you, right? Because not everyone can visualize easily. Um, now, the next uh, psychic gift is clear audience. It's hearing things, right? It's hearing those voices. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be schizophrenia. Um, it's possible to hear voices. Sometimes what you have as a clear audience is in the time between sleeping and waking. So when you've... Um, kind of just woken up from sleep, you didn't get up yet, you haven't moved yet, it's like your first, um, all right, you have awoken, right? So you maybe haven't opened your eyes even, and it's in this borderline time between sleeping and waking, you hear a word, or maybe you hear someone call your name, or uh, there is something that shouldn't be there. And then when you fully wake up, that is gone. 
because now the conscious mind switches on and starts uh, overriding this intuitive information. But that's one aspect of being uh, uh, clairaudient, so it's being able to hear things. Maybe, as I mentioned, those psychic intuitive gifts, they are there from the animal point of view, from the point of view of survival, to protect us from danger. That is their first purpose. So everyone um, can potentially have them, and in the, within a given population, uh, as I said, 20 approximately 20% would be more sensitive than others. Um, but the first um, use would be to protect from danger. So maybe you had an experience of hearing a voice that protected you from danger. Your name, maybe, and it made you stop freezing your tracks. And I don't know what, like... Uh, something fell from the roof, right, or a car uh, ran the red light or whatever, and you were like, wow, wh where did this come from? Who shouted my name? Um, so this may have been your only experience uh, of hearing voices that saved your life. So that's that's this classical use of uh, a clear audience as, you know, this primary um, mission is to the, the primary purpose of it is to protect from danger, of course, to survive. Um, so, clairaudience can also be expressed as, for example, hearing a song in your head, again, in that state between waking and sleeping, or waking up with music, especially if you play a musical instrument, um, you can, for example, have a song come to you in your sleep. And then you wake up half sleepy you, and you will have learned to have a recording device nearby because by the time you wake up again in the morning, the song will be gone. While you're half, sleep, half asleep, <laughs> between sleeping and waking, you can record uh, the main principles of it, right? The, the sound, the what, what was in that song. You will hear it uh, in your, like, in-between state. Um, again, it's this, these gifts, they come easier in the alpha state or theta state, so when you're not fully awake, not active, not using your rational mind. Um, you can pick up on noise residue if you're clairaudient. So, for example, uh, noises when there isn't anyone around. It can be uh, voices from before. People were arguing. Um, <laughs> whatever, five hours ago, and you still hear their voices when no one else hears them. Um, or you hear voices of people arguing um, in your apartment, for example, when you are away. Maybe the neighbors were upset and tried to <laughs> call you and were shouting, but you were not in the apartment, and you hear them uh, when you are several miles away. This actually happened to me a couple of times. 
Um, so then if a clairvoyant, a natural-born clairvoyant can choose this visual profession like artist, painter, um, designer, uh, something to do with, you know, ability to see things uh, in their mind's eye. Um, you can imagine that being naturally clairaudient would mean that you very often have a good ear for sound and either choose a pro musical profession, so for example, musician or dancer, um, or be good at languages, have a good ear for, not everybody needs to be a musician or hear music, or maybe you don't have an opportunity to develop this talent for various reasons, but uh, also having a good ear for languages, so linguistically attuned, right? So you could hear accents very well, uh, pick up accents, imitate accents, and so on. Um, noticing the differences, right? So having this hearing for, because not everybody hears uh, accents, not everybody hears music in the same way, not everybody has a perfect pitch and so on. So there is, a, um, again, the clues could be in the profession or occupation that you felt you're naturally inclined to, right? If you are good, good at languages um, and uh, not so good in visual arts, for example, then most likely you are uh, clairaudient, but uh, not clairvoyant. As, as another sign would be you hear answers uh, to your questions. And so say even when you go into the Akashic Records, so being a clairvoyant, naturally clairvoyant, would mean you can easily see. You see a hall of records. I say Akashic Records, oof, you see a hall, you see a library, or you see a, a big castle with records floating around, and you see guides and teachers and maybe spaceships or whatever coming through. If you are clairaudient, you may not see any of these things, but you would hear answers coming to you. Like, uh, for example, you would ask about somebody's galactic origin and you'd hear it with your inner ear. Oh, he's Arcturian. Wow. Um, and you confirm it with a pendulum and it would say the same thing. Or you would hear an answer saying, this person uh, you had five lifetimes together with, etc. So there is hearing that answer also in if you try to go into the Akashic Records. Um, clairsentience. This is about feeling. You are clairsentient if you feel things in your body. And being clairsentient also implies um, kind of heightened sensitivity, what people would call thin-skinned, right? Um, including this, you know, breaking down easily, crying, feeling things with your body. Um, definitely a feeler, 
so there might be other you know sensitive people or psychics around you but you'd be the one feeling everything so deeply so um, profoundly uh, crying uh, feeling uh, you know being kicked in the gut oh my heart hurts for them then you literally feel your heart hurting right somebody offended you you feel it in the solar plexus oh i feel kicked in the gut it's like butterflies in my stomach it's really butterflies right so you feel it with your body you are sensitive you are thin-skinned you cry easily um you may receive answers through maybe a tingling sensation um, prickling sensation uh, like a feeling touched on the head Attached on an arm or or knee or something like this, you easily connect with your emotions and feel them deeply. Um, and when you go into the akashic records, you feel them, and sometimes even it makes you cry because it's um, experiential thing, right? It's um, a very you feel that space and so you feel it in your body too your body feels different it's maybe a tingling but you can also just start crying because you are in a different vibration and it's just so special it's so you so that's that's clairsentient um that is when you rely on feeling rather than judgment on feeling rather than thinking you'd say it feels right or it doesn't feel right i feel it's this i feel it's that so that is uh, clairsentient often very strongly empathic right the gift that is considered however the gift that is considered to be the most sought after and the best of them all although there is no really there is no competition um, is claircognizance it's the inner knowing that gift is considered the crown of um, psychic gifts um, perhaps because it allows you more um, emotional detachment um, and also allows you an ability you know to express what you receive to unwrap it uh, to translate it into human language claircognizance so inner knowing naturally claircognizant people are analytical and often skeptical so they would be the ones uh, drawn to sciences and into sciences and maybe be born also in you know scientific highly educated families with um, access or let's say brought, having been brought up to critically access the environment to read the books so, or maybe they just loved reading um, naturally from childhood loved getting 
their hands on all kinds of information, uh, reading, writing, studying, and were good at school. Um, so, claircognizant, um, I would say, if you are a professional, medical law, prof uh, law uh, professional, right, uh, working uh, at the university level, uh, engineer, mat mathematician, etc., um, that would mean um, that you are naturally claircognizant. That's your first gift. Um, however, claircognizance is not the same as highly developed intellect or an ability to process um, a lot of intuitive, uh, a lot of um, information. Claircognizance is an intuitive gift. So if you read 10,000 books, it doesn't make you claircognizant. What my point is, if you're naturally claircognizant, you're born with it. Um, so you have information coming to you without thinking, without brainstorming. You start talking and it comes, right? So your choice of a profession that requires analysis, logical thinking, processing information. It can be based on your natural claircognizance because you won't um, process the information with your mind always. You can process it intuitively. You will have, uh, for example, a mathematical problem, but you'll find solution intuitively will just occur to you rather than thinking, 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 thinking through. You may not even know it because that's how you've always functioned, right? But the solution is intuitive. Um, you may have, um, you know, many years of education in the medical profession and you know which uh, signs and symptoms to look for, and your solution would come from a combination of your intuition and uh, logic and knowing. But this capacity to get the inner knowing, the inner awareness, uh, it can be that starting point that will draw you into the analytical field, right? So uh, just as, for example, clairvoyance uh, will draw you into the field of visual arts or um, clear audience will draw you to become a musician, for example, or a singer, right? Because you hear the music before it appears. Not everyone hears the music before it appears. If you're clear cognizant, maybe you've no idea what I'm talking about, but you know what it's like to find a, a solution to the problem just by starting to talk about it. It just comes, right? Or you wake up in the middle of the night and you know uh, the conclusion of your paper, how it is supposed to sound, so you have to, to write it down because you know exactly what the conclusion is. And you've been thinking and thinking and thinking about it for maybe two weeks and you've no idea what, what the conclusion of your work is, right? And suddenly it just comes to you. Um, so, claircognizance means inner knowing, 
it just pops into your head. You don't hear it. You don't see it. You don't feel it. You just know. So a naturally cognizant person would be someone who says, oh, I just know. So they would say, not I feel or I hear or I see, uh, but I know. <laughs> so sometimes um, they would then annoy other people because they think, well, yeah, yeah, you are such a know-it-all, you know everything. <laughs> but um, to have an inner knowing does not mean to have an intellectual knowing. Right? So it's uh, just in the same way as a person would say, oh, I feel it's right, and may annoy a claircognizant person who'd think to themselves, right, you're always feeling, why don't you try thinking for a change? Um, because that's how we translate what is happening on this invisible level, on our, you know, that sixth sense. Um, claircognizant people usually are good writers, um, creative writers or, you know, academic writers. Um, and um, you can try automatic writing, like a stream of consciousness uh, on, you know, just pour out your thoughts on the paper. And when you reread it, you may find the answers you never, you know, thought you could have. Um, so problem solving through answers popping into your head, uh, knowing people, as I said, then you would often use, oh, I just know. I know. Why do you know it? I have no idea why. I just know. I know it. I know things. <laughs> I know people, right? And sometimes uh, you can annoy people by saying, oh, I know what will happen. Uh, how do you know what will happen? Well, you don't know, but yes, they are. They're going to divorce in two years. Boom, they divorced in two years. So there is this knowing, and it, it just comes to you. I just know things. Um, and <laughs> as I mentioned, um, because uh, sometimes you annoy people, right, by saying it, because for many of, um, many of us, for many people, knowing means intellectual knowledge, so learning things. Or they can think, oh, you are you are very smart. I, for example, I'm naturally claircognizant. And <laughs> when I was a child, uh, I would always get, well, two things. People would either start asking me, what are you thinking about? And I wasn't ever thinking about anything. But that's, I think, comes more with being a naturally contemplative, right? With preferring to observe. And people think you are thinking something. Um but and the second thing would be I, I was very used to people telling me that I was very clever. <gasps> You're so clever. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's either either this you are very clever or oh yes you're such a know-it-all. Yeah, you know everything. So that's the that's the claircognizant people thing. Um, um and so your response your reaction in the Akashic Records, would be then knowing things, right? So you, you may not see the whole of the records, you may not hear those answers, you may not feel any shift in vibration, but you would know. Oh yeah, I know it's a high vibrational place. I just know. 
So then think about it. Think First of all, think about your profession or what you like to do in life, right? Are you closer to visual arts, to, to music? Uh, do you find yourself very much of a feeler, right? Or are you more of an academic personality? Um, there can be a combination of, of gifts. You may find all four in varying degrees. The important thing with those gifts is when you do intuitive development, let's say uh, after listening to this, you've come to a conclusion that, okay, you are naturally clairsentient, you feel a lot, you feel things in your body, you're definitely a feeler. Now, your approach to working with your intuition, to reading intuitively, to uh, receiving information from the Akashic Records, or just developing those, uh, you know, intuitive um, capacities of yours, this, those gifts that you have. If you're naturally clairsentient, don't try to develop clairvoyance because you'll only feel frustrated. When you have one sense that you can rely on, that you have mastered, that you know how to work with, then you can start developing other gifts. And usually they will come after several years of intuitive development. But you start with the sense that is yours naturally. So if you feel things, go into the Akashic Records and feel them. Feel the vibration of the records. Feel your guides. How do the guides make you feel? How does the question make you feel? Feel it. And that's how your intuitive information comes. So don't try to go and see things. Of course, you will not see anything because your, your gift your skill is feeling. And much the same, if you see things, well, don't try to know things, right? Because your natural gift is seeing. And if you are naturally claircognizant and you know things, well, don't try to, uh, to start feeling, for example, or hearing things, right? You can wait for your guides to speak into your ear until the cows come home, but you will hear nothing because that's not your primary gift. First, develop this gift. So if you have been practicing with the Akashic Records and, for example, your teacher is naturally claircognizant and says, well, uh, so, you know, what do you know? Do you know the answer? Well, don't expect to know the answer. You can feel the answer, see the answer, hear the answer. Use the gift that is yours from birth, that has shaped your life. That's your first step. Maybe you have several and you know that, okay, in one, uh, in some situations I am uh, clairvoyant and in some situations I'm, I'm cognizant so then experiment how does information come to you in your in the akashic records for example or in an intuitive reading or in meditation you have a question right how do you find the answer 
there will be a gift that is the least developed. Leave it aside for now. You find, you rely on the one that works for you the most because everybody is different and there is a reason for that. Um, and I feel sometimes, you know, teachers of, of intuitive development, some of them, they just think that everybody else <laughs> everybody else is exactly the same and that's that's normal because that's our our human thing so also find a teacher who is like you if if you are naturally clairsentient maybe don't go to a claircognizant teacher because you may find them too cold and rational, right? You, you'll be crying all the time and they will be giving you facts in a very cold manner and you'll think, oh my goodness, she has no feelings, right? Because I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed. So it's, it's important to also find uh, a teacher who resonates with your primary gift uh, because otherwise it's, it's difficult to understand each other. Um, so if if you are naturally clairvoyant, then you find a teacher who talks a lot about seeing things, right? And uh, seeing colors and everything is a color. Then the good news is that once you're comfortable with one gift, usually the other ones start developing as well. Um, I do not see myself as naturally clairvoyant. Um, I can't say I can't visualize things at all. Um, and I tried painting, can't say I was very good with it either. But there were some um, moments when I could visualize a solution uh, to, the, to the problem. But I'm not naturally a visual person. Um, I read energies more than visuals. So, for example, um, I would say, you know, I read the energy of a person as female. But I don't see the person as female. Um, and that can be a crucial in determining and kind of in phrasing your answer, because if you know that you feel the energy as a female, but you don't see a female, right? It can be a man that just comes through with a lot of feminine energy, because we have, all of us have both male and female energies within our our energy system, right? Yin and yang, and can the composition can be uh, very varied. You can be in the male body, and it has nothing to do with um, gender, sexual expression, nothing, nothing to do with that per se. It can be you can be in a male body, let's say, but with predominantly feminine energy. Be a very manly heterosexual male, but it's just that the energy is read as very feminine. So if you read energies, that's what you say. I read the energy as a female. It doesn't necessarily mean that the person is a is a female uh, in outward appearance. Whereas, if you are a clairvoyant, you see a woman, right? And so, well, I see a woman, or I see a man. So this also determines 
um, our how we get and how we interpret intuitive information. But once you have learned how to navigate your gift and what it gives you, then others start to develop. You will find yourself talking more about seeing, feeling more deeply, knowing things. Perhaps you were clairvoyant, right, most of most of your life, and now suddenly you receive this inner knowing. I just know. I know. That's it. Um, I, I don't even care about seeing things, right? I just know what it is. The reason why um, it's been said that, you know, claircognizance is the preferred gift, because it doesn't confuse you, for example, in terms of... Um, that example of energies that we say, well, yes, you may have read that uh, the energy is uh, is female and you don't see what what the person looks like, but your inner knowing tells you, oh, I know it's a man. It's just that I read the energy as feminine, right? So it's a gift that has more um, discernment that kind of can see the bigger picture. But you practice the gift that is your uh, predominant one, that you are born with. And you go into the Akashic Records, you go into your meditation, you ask your questions, having that gift in mind, receiving the information the way it comes to you naturally. And then, when this has been mastered, then you go and start exploring other gifts in uh, again a natural process they will they will come uh, more or less naturally um, without you know striving or, or chasing after them too much all right so with this I'm going to thank you for listening and wish you many many blessings until next time